Welcome back to the pod. It's Bumi and Tendo, and this is the, the Rooted and Established podcast. Today, we discuss to what extent the merit of our achievements in life are dependent on how we perform in institutional settings. Personally, I don't think that grades and titles should be the main indicators of an individual's capabilities. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share of failures when it comes to exams and whatnot, but I'm making it out all right. So, people, please tell me what is failure. We had this conversation with our good friend Shireen. She's a talented music artist and graduated from the University of Southampton in 2018. So, sit back, grab your grapes and enjoy this conversation. 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 Alright, cool. So before we get into like the main sort of... Um, we got a feature that we start normally start off with and it's called what's happening at the root so okay. this is where we try to find out a little bit more about our guests um i'm gonna start a sentence and i want you to finish it off yeah okay so um the one thing that gets me the most grouchy is being told to do something when i'm not in the mood okay mm. Yeah. tell us a little bit more about about that so so what i mean by that is that literally like you know when you're just like doing something like let's say in the middle of you know i don't know like coursework for uni right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then someone my mom knocks on the door this <laughs> can you come and you know wash the dishes and i'm thinking like the thing is I just, I just knew that it already had something <laughs> to do with your mom like i, I just like i'm just like mom it's like it's 2 22 p.m yeah like you've chosen this this time like you know when you're in the flow especially uni course like, it's hard to get in the strata thing yeah you yeah, need to yeah. now come and do the dishes mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. with with my mama or like with other people not just like parents but like people are very kind of they're very set in their ways mm-hmm. and so if you don't do things when you when they want on their time yeah then it's like yeah you basically like you're not with it and that's mm-hmm. what makes me grouchy mm-hmm. if i'm very honest <laughs> like being right. told to someone and i'm not in the mood yeah yeah i'm not gonna give you the vim and the energy mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like being like when i have to cook <laughs> when i'm not in the mood to cook as well like oh, no. yeah mm-hmm. yeah would you say that you're, you're considerate of that for like other people like because that gets you grouchy like do you try and like say if, if it's with someone else and you want them to do something we, would you say like you're like your mum in that situation? Uh, nah, I'm my mum in that situation. <laughs> if, I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like I'm very, very much like as in these bins need to be taken out right now. Like <laughs> literally, like I don't. What? Especially my housemates, like guys. Yeah. But like I think I try to be better at sh- like I've 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 seen that about myself. So mm-hmm. I've tried to be better at. Sh- I call it showing more grace to people, being more gracious mm-hmm. and yeah. understanding. Because like I said, like like we literally said, like I hate it when people <laughs> do that to me. So I'm yeah. trying to not do it to other people but mm. it's very similar you know concept of people being like oh you, you don't want to be like your parents or you don't yeah, want to be like yeah. you know like your Gosh. worst enemy mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. you actually end up by you trying not to be like them you end up being like them yeah i don't yeah. know what the psychology of that is yeah but <laughs> yeah there's a lot of psychology involved in that one yeah yeah mm. yeah wait tender did you want to answer what that question yeah did you oh what gives oh, me no. the most grouchy um mm. oh don't wake me up like don't wake what? me up like what if, what do you mean like if i'm sleeping there's only been one time yeah in my life where i can recall like i've got angry <laughs> like we were in we, we were on holiday we were in dubai and 
we had just arrived and like we like me and my sisters and like my cousins we stayed like we arrived in the hotel and we stayed up till we basically did an all-nighter like by the time we went to sleep it was like 6 a.m and we had to be up at like 10 or something because we we're going out but then obviously i was just slumped i didn't want to get up but then my dad like he just woke me up and I just snapped. But like, you know, when you, like I can't even describe it. I was just very, very angry. And I never really yes. get that angry. And I think if that, and then I think, no, nah, I think I think that's it. Yeah, like when, when I'm trying to sleep, like just, <laughs> just let me be, man. <laughs> so when you're trying to catch those Z's, basically, like, yeah, said, yeah, don't, yeah, don't wake yeah, me. Just, yeah, let me wake up on my own terms. Like my mum, yeah. like when I was in school, she just used to come and open my door. No, <laughs> no, no, open. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I can't lie. I've got many a stories of my mum pouring water on me. No, but no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got many a stories. Nah. Like I've got, I've got have had water, cold water, splashed in my face for not waking up for school. Yeah, that's long. <laughs> that's long. Yeah. How do you even react to that? How are you supposed to compose yourself? You can't. Not... Yo, like rise and shine. Mm, yeah. you're, you're awake. You're awake. You can't. You're, you're not going back to sleep. No, no. There's no. The bed is wet. Like you can't like I didn't know even I also now have extra work of changing my bed sheets mm. because now I'm oh, sick and my bed is sick. It's all long, man. It's all long. Right. Mimi, how about you? I was gonna say food, but I don't think it's that deep. But I feel like it's definitely to do with my parents. Or <laughs> no, no, no. Parents. It'll it'll be to do with sleep. Like if someone's disturbing my sleep with their noise somehow, mm. I can get like livid. Like here in like the uni, what do you, what do you call it, accommodation. Okay. If someone's making noise, you will hear from me. Like, I won't, oh, I won't wow. try and go to sleep. You will hear from me. Wow. So, yeah. so you're Karen, <laughs> that's all I'm hearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. <laughs> she said I'm she Karen. Said it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've been thinking maybe I am Karen because I write complaints, I make it known. <laughs> I do all these things. Wow. Oh. You know, no, but I, I honestly <laughs> believe that inside each and every single one of, and one of us, there is Karen. There's a behavior. Karen. We, we There's a Karen. Karen we we all have into. a Karen. Yeah, no, like, Exactly. Yeah. Like, for, for me, for like, you know, when, like, when you go out to eat out, right? I'm like, the food is like a bit mediocre or it's not really warm. I'm that person that's like, excuse me. Um, I'm really sorry, but <laughs> this is just like... <laughs> It's just actually a bit cold. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like, I'm that person. Like, my friends yes. hate it. But, mm. like, usually, like, most of the time, it always comes out with fresh food or we have something, off, like, knocked off the bill. Mm. Because it's mm. like, if you've come to have a, a particular experience or whether it's, like, your accommodation and it's, like, you want a good night's sleep, you're paying rent. Mm. Well, you're actually paying, that's your, the you're paying your money. Mm. So, like, how can you be uncomfortable in a place where you're paying money? No, God forbid. Mm. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking... <laughs> Hello, hi, Roger. Hi. You're having a great time, but um. <laughs> oh my. Rightio, let's get to this. So, I'm going to open this conversation with a quote. It's, it's by Gregory Maguire. I don't actually know who that is. He said, Animals are born who they are, accept it, and that is that. They live with greater peace than people do. So. I was like, let me find a quote about animals because I feel like us as people, right? Wait, can you say that again? What was, the, what was the last part? The... Okay. Shall I read it slowly? Yeah, say it again, say it again. Animals are born who they are. Accept it and that is that. They live with greater peace than people do. Okay. 
So let me like explain that quote or my take on why I wanted a quote like that. Um, so today we're discussing institutional failure and we can get into what we think that that's all about in a second. But <clears throat> I think in general, like an institution, obviously someone's made that. And so there are the measures which you use um, to say like when someone's failed, when someone hasn't met the standards and all of that. But it's a very, you, it's a very boxed, it's a very boxed institution really. Like it's not a space that fits everyone, that suits everyone. And like, I guess, you know, like you can look at different animals and it's like, okay, like if we're looking at animals that can swim, mm. like there are, there are animals that can't swim, but like, do we still want to force them to swim? Mm. Like, but really, I guess, yeah, I just wanted to talk about briefly, like, where do you feel like the line is drawn? So I guess children growing up, like us putting children into schools and stuff like that, uni, mm -hmm. um, what is necessary, I guess, for a child to learn? Like, okay. where do you draw the line with what a child is naturally gifted at? Or like, okay, this question is, is a bit funky, but... <laughs> I'm following, I'm following. Every, I'm following every you, child's yeah. ability is different. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how, how far should we push children? Like, obviously, mm. we are... We... By law, we're supposed to be in school till we're 16. Yeah. And we yeah. have to, you know, go up to that point. Um, <clears throat> but we know that the institution is quite linear and mm. we know there's just those mainstream educate, like educational subjects that yeah. we all have to do. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking you guys should have got a teacher on this because... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these are this is such a question for an educator but I think what is so interesting is starting with the quote that you started off with um I think as people um I think our innate nature and who we are as individuals it's almost like we're born knowing that we're not enough like from birth is like mm. it's almost like we're not good enough mm you know and it's and it's so interesting because it depends on no matter what perspective you have whether you have a re like religious perspective mm. or whether you have a, a a perspective of 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 science and or perspective of kind of spirituality in each of those kind of remits of study there is this notion that you as you are is almost not enough it's mm. kind of like there's it's you're quantified of like in in most religions I, I'm, as christians you know we're like we know that we're nothing without god if that mm. makes sense yeah so we, yeah. Till we meet that standard we're not enough and then science what science tells us is that we are kind of like we are made of nothing if that makes sense we come from nothing mm. and so mm. we are nothing just existing mm. right and so it's, it's quite interesting entering into the world that way um but what happens is that i feel like children have a very are very innocent and so they're very open-minded but then these notions of of giftings and you know of how well you should be doing and, and how we measure them is is actually done externally by the environment 
whether that's your in your household or whether that's the institutions like your nursery school or yeah. you know the media outlets already are bombarded with the standard and even what happens is even parents place their own standards on their children mm-hmm. and it's and that's going to be based off again their own experiences and so i feel like it's it's tough because in a way you do have to have some sort of standard to measure in a sense, if, if your child is having healthy development, because there yeah. is that, there's something that I, I do believe in healthy development, because mm. that's yeah. how they're able to, you know, to really, let's let's talk about it, really see, you know, if your child has any disabilities or ex- access- accessibility issues, things like that, like they, that's where they can put those measures in place in order to get, uh, enable your child to get the best standing in life from early. You know, the younger you're able to measure these things, the better chances of, of you could say of of having a a, a a good quality of life should i phrase it as that your child mm. can have right if we are aware of your child's needs from day one right mm. however what then happens is like it's no longer about this healthy development but it's more kind of like everybody can almost become, they call it the soccer mum, the trophy mum yeah. of kind of like, now my child is not only do they have to be health, this healthy development, mm. but they have to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then yeah. I think then the question then becomes is like, who told us that in order to do well in life, we have to be the best? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's even, I guess, being the best in you know, an education system, like, because I mean, that, that the system, most education systems have been around for how long? Um, So I guess that's why it's very easy for the majority, I guess, of families to abide by those sort of standards. Um, Like, I think it's quite rare, or not even rare, but, you know, like, I guess in different areas, like you get some families where it's like, okay, like, they're like most of us we didn't go to uni like they're those aren't standards that they adhere to whereas you know you'll get families where it's like yeah like my child will be doing this 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 higher mm-hmm. education yes 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 yeah um but yeah if we take it if we take it back to when we were younger um i wanted to find out how you guys were in school like in primary school even like what you mm. thought of primary school like, did you just think, oh, my days, this is fun, playtime every day, like, I get to see my classmates, or was it like you knew, okay, there are books I need to be reading, like, I'm going somewhere? Mm. Um, In primary school, I really enjoyed primary school, to be fair, like, I guess I more enjoyed it just, like, socially, like, I, ne- I, I didn't really do that <laughs> much work in primary school, to be honest, like, I remember being in year five, and... Because the secondary school that I went to um, started in year six. So I obviously sat like the entrance exam in year five. And then once I knew I got in, like, I don't know, like in year five, I just I just didn't do any homework for like most of the year. Like, right. and I remember, I remember my teacher being like, you're going to struggle so much when you go to Whitgift because like, if you're not doing your homework, like, yeah, yeah like, so, yeah. I think I definitely enjoyed primary schools. I just had, I just had a really fun time. Like I've got loads of like really fun memories. It wasn't so like my my parents would make me like do like um, different like work textbooks when we were home. So like I'm one year for like Christmas. Yeah. My mum was like to me and my sisters, "Oh, like you'll get your presents if you finish like 
this math textbook and this English textbook or whatever. But yeah, yeah, other than that, like I wasn't, I wouldn't say that like I was like focused on my academics like that, or mm. I took like my learning that seriously in primary school. I was, I was just there to play. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. What about wow. you, Shireen? Mine was like the opposite. Um, truth be told, I was bullied in primary school. Okay. Um, oh, wow. And so I became an overachiever. <laughs> okay, what, what were you bullied um, for, if you don't mind me asking? Um, just my looks, because I was like, there was a period, I think, of from maybe year three to year five where like, I just drastically put on a lot of weight mm. um, because I was just this skinny, lanky little thing. Because mm. um, I'm, I'm quite tall. I've always been really tall as a yeah, kid. Yeah. Um, but then I just ate a lot because I was... Like looking back, I think I was going a lot emotionally mm. um, just because of like my household situation. My parents weren't together anymore, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and it was the like the reality of it. I think I just coped with eating. Mm. Um, and so, you know, as kids, kids are mean, kids are cruel. They'll make jabs about my weight, things like that. But then mm. at the same time, they would also befriend. Like, it's this weird it's dynamic. Weird, yeah, One weird. minute, yeah. like they, like you're chilling, having a good time. The next minute, someone will say something about your weight and it's like, and it's bullying, but then you're, they're your friends. Mm. So like, it, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's yeah. a very weird relationship. And so I took it out in two ways. In, I just worked really hard academically. And I also just, um, hey, <laughs> so yeah. and it was one of those things where like as in like from day one my mum poured so much into my education so I had tutors like I remember like um whenever I was doing entrance exams for like when I was looking for my secondary schools for example I was doing overtime at home like I was yeah. I can't even remember like what they were actually were called but it's like you know how we had these different types of like exams and testings like mm. almost like aptitude tests that so they test yeah. like you know when you're looking at like you know kind of like the different shapes things like that but, like oh, all the that numbers non-verbal reasoning yeah, that was it that was it that's yeah, it that non-verbal reasoning. reasoning I, I couldn't remember I what it's called that. but like yeah, yeah I was mate guys I was always doing non-verbal <laughs> reasoning like after like hours at home yeah and like yeah. my cousin even made me read like as in like I probably read like um like shakespeare and a lot mm. of those english literature books from a very young age that makes, a, the, that makes a lot of sense to be fair as in like knowing you now and just like yeah. how the language yeah. you use and just how yeah you're very poetic i feel like in the way that you describe I'm things very, at times so yeah okay that's, I read that's a lot interesting of, yeah. a lot of jane eyre all those books i mm. actually read from a very young age mm. like i always joke to people like i i've read the the Harry Potter books in like three different languages, and it's a shame <laughs> now because I don't speak those languages now, and that sounds so crazy. But because that's, well, that's like, not a joke, it's not a joke. What language? Are you <laughs> <laughs> I thought you um, were joking. Yeah, no, I read it in um, what do you call it? English, um, Spanish, and Latin. My word! Wow. Yeah, but oh, wow. it's like it's actually such a shame. My but like when word. I look at my life right now, like I'm just no. not that person anymore. But yeah. um. Bruh. Yeah, because it's like that what was like high education was drilled into me from a very young age. And it's mm. so funny because I just went to a, a, a common, you know, state mm. free school in Peckham. <laughs> but outside of school, like my mum and my family were putting in the work with me. Fair. Yeah. And so so that when it, the time now came, I think for me to kind of when I was looking at then like my secondary schools mm. I knew I had to go to the best school there was no doubt about it mm. like I had to go to the best school and it was almost it was also a sense of like where when you grew up in ends it's like everybody wants to make out the hood but mm. I was making out the hood nobody can tell me otherwise mm, mm, mm. like I'm making it out that like I'm making it out because it's also from the things that you see the things that you experience mm. it's like 
it was almost while I was there kind of like I don't wish this life upon my worst enemy so mm. like yeah when I'm at home like I need to make sure that I do what I can to mm. get out of here basically mm. that was yeah. just my aim and that's why I became this overachiever because I like you guys are gonna stay here Mm. God, only God knows your future but mm. as for me and mine I'm taking mine by the horns and I'm getting out of here basically mm. Mm. Wow. wow and that's I mean like it's, it's powerful that like I guess you had that sort of mindset from such a young age like before secondary yeah. school like you're under 10 and like mm-hmm. you're already that's that's where your 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 head is, is going and thinking so no I, I respect that yeah like I, I definitely say I relate like, I think I n- always knew my parents made it known why I was at school, why I was at a certain school. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't always playtime. Like, I'm sure, no, after year two, um, I think year three, like, you start doing proper sports. Like, you know, like, before, in, like, year, below year three, like, you're not doing actual proper sports, I believe. Like, maybe you're doing, like, swimming, I don't know. Um... But when I got introduced to sports, like I used to like reading books, but I just stopped. And then my parents noticed like my vocabulary became very rough. Like everything was just, I was just going like the thingamajig bob, this, that. (laughs) And like, I just couldn't say, I couldn't recall anything like words. So like, they were just like, this is not acceptable. So then like, I think, I think maybe from year four, like in this, in the holidays, like, I wouldn't be able to see friends sometimes. It would just be like, you're staying at home and you're reading books. Like, I had to stay... Listen. Oh, my <sighs> gosh. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but that that was a pain because it was like, that naturally for me, me, for me and my energy to sit down and swallow. They wanted me to read, like, six books in one week. I was like, excuse me. Like, it's that's just not me like my sister maybe she can do that but that would just wasn't me um but everything else like I knew like yeah like I don't know I think from even like my grandparents it was just like yeah like they wanted to see what kind of results I'd be getting in those small small like year three year four tests all of that so Mm. um yeah in primary school I did know there was a bit of pressure there um but yeah I guess even following into like secondary school I think right now it's just like trying to get to know like how it was for you guys um were there points because I think secondary school is a very different environment like you're with new people like new friends and you're you're maybe just trying to be cool so Mm. sometimes you're not I don't know like your focus is just very different I think Mm. well it depends um but for you guys was it was the journey academically focused or were you still were you a bit relaxed um was there a point where it's like okay there are actual public exams now i need to know something be something yeah wow um i'll start this one yeah because i think because tender knows my story of where i made it out the hood on paper Mm. um (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i actually ended up going to um a very prestigious boarding school in the southwest of England in a, a county called Dorset, right? Called? Um, I don't know if this is the right. I was like, yeah, it's called Sherman <laughs> Girls School. Very, very good, very, very good school. Yeah, yeah. Um, still is to this day. Um, but I remember um, it was like a point of where like 
all my hard work and effort, like my mum's hard work and effort, like we've made it, like this mm. is it. Yeah. But then there came a moment where that clicked was just like, oh my God, this is right. Like the next seven years I'm here is about maintenance. And you don't really realize how hard it is to maintain a high educational standard mm. until you're in it. Yeah. And so it was like, there were so many things that I was juggling, I think, because outside of academics, please bear in mind, I'm the only black girl in my year. Mm. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like, there's already like, there's this impact of kind of, I'm no longer with people who look like me. Nobody here looks like me. So I am now a representation of everything and everybody black, okay? <laughs> so not only that must so I perform academ academically well, because I because of the school I'm in, mm. I must perform academically well to prove that black people can mm. perform academically well. Mm. So do you understand? Like there was mm. so much that was entangled with my academics because mm. of what mm. it's what it represented, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Like this little South London girl, I had to perform well because like everything I did was a reflection of everything and everybody black, which isn't fair. Yeah. But that's just the mm. honest truth of it. Yeah. How I spoke, yeah. how I interacted with people. Um, the beauty I think of how I am as a person at that at that stage I would say I built a lot more confidence mm. and I was able to be myself however I feel like at the back of my mind that was always there like kind of like almost one wrong move and then it was like game over and I remember there was a period where I was a bit naughty or cheeky mm. I know when you get with a group of friends and you just like you mess around and you play about a bit mm. but then it was like something happens and I think because in that period it was like we had an influx of, of, of more black students yeah. and I like, would sit together in, in science classes like we'll just like we'll just, be, we'll just have fun you know, like, for the first time like, yeah. I could really be myself you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Yeah. and um, but then there was a point when there was just a thing of where like the teachers couldn't tell us apart and I said in my, I don't know I didn't like I was like this is going to be a problem um, wait well, as in, what do you yeah. mean the teachers couldn't tell you apart wait what does, what does that mean as in it's kind of like as in we'll all be sat there and then like, they'll be calling one of our names and it's like, but you're looking at me, but that's not my name. Like, mm. you know, and it's just like, mm. it will be things like that. And that's when I realized that, oh my gosh, that I should get serious again. If that makes sense, that kind of yeah. that notion of like, that weight of what we represent and stand for, because it's like, if you group us together, and like now we've become like the class clowns where mm. like we're yeah. we're not focused we don't pay attention mm. that's just that, that it, it kind of proves their case of their stereotypes about black people black oh, people are lazy definitely. black people are this black people are like that you know that like especially like black women they're aggressive they're all like you know all of those you know buzz buzzwords mm. you know in those moments they could use it because in particular moments that was behavior we were displaying mm. but we were just like 14 year old kids mm. yeah you mm. know yeah and it's like and it's crazy but like it was like a flick a switch flicked in my mind that I had to again remember that like I said that word I said earlier maintenance mm. of I actually have to maintain my place here mm. <laughs> like I can't afford to get kicked out basically like my mum sacrificed a lot for me to get here um I've sacrificed a lot to get here mm -hmm. so it was yeah. like yeah I kind of like I would say I'll stop until like the sixth one point but between from like 11 to like 16 mm -hmm. it was a maintenance game not to mention, I, because I also had a similar experience, like in school, because so Whitgift it was in South Croydon, mm. so I guess because of that, um, I I felt like in terms of like the the private school experience, like it was really well rounded because you genuinely had people from like just all walks of life simply because yeah. of where the school was located. It was in Croydon, um, but then yeah, like I remember there was one lunchtime I was in like year ten or year eleven or something like that, and. 
it was just a group of us, us black guys just sat like eating lunch, like nothing else to it. We we're just chatting. And then one of the teachers comes over and he's just like, hmm, it looks like there's trouble about to happen over here. And we all just looked at each other and we were just there like, but yeah. so like I looked at my boy and like we just started laughing because I was just so shocked at like what he said and like afterwards we're just like this is like that's just ridiculous like the yeah. the the yeah like the stereotype like held there and stuff um, but yeah I guess like off the back of what you're saying like my my question is how well do you think your school catered to your needs given the fact that there was um, I guess like this generalization that it kind of had with you, like, I guess, putting all the black girls in like, the same sort of pool. Um, do you think, like, your school catered to your needs well, like, despite that? Or, like, what was, what was that like for you? I think academically and um, you could say socially in a way that they did, if that makes sense, where mm-hmm. I was yeah. able to, to make solid friendships and perform academically well. Mm-hmm. And when we were struggling, because it's, like, in private schools, let's be honest, you do have time for those one-to-ones, mm. after-school yeah. lessons, things like that. But and but as a student as well, as because even in private schools, people still fail. Mm. Like, it, ha- yeah. it doesn't matter how much money daddy or mummy contributes mm-hmm. to, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the school. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to put in the effort and time, you're not going to form academically well. So in terms of those needs, they did. But in terms of me being a black woman, they did not, yeah. if that makes sense. Okay. But it's a question of how would they, you know, because mm. I think as well, so one thing to also bear in mind is my school was a very single, was a single sex school, right? Mm. And yeah. it's all about that. Like you could say the notion, the premise of my school is to, is to really create women who are independent and strong-minded and, you know, inspirational women. Mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are able to take on the world if that makes sense mm. and so but one thing you have to realize about is it's already as women we're already marginalized but then as black women as well our experiences are also very different to other women of mm. different yeah. ethnicities and races right mm-hmm. and so and, and especially because let's be honest I'm, I'm not just again with any other woman i'm with white women so it's again it's a very different experience and so it's so difficult to, for people to know that every each of those experiences are kind of nuanced mm. they're very different yeah. but then how they don't they don't really know that if that makes sense you know yeah because they're it's like a lot of these schools don't realize but to them they're, they're battling one thing at a time you yeah. know mm. they're not like like racism is not probably something that they have thought as an institution to gather as a mm. school to really come together and to collectively think about you know yeah. when black history month came about it was only really if a, if a couple of those black students were motivated that month to put something together yeah. that okay. something would be done yeah. you know yeah. it wasn't part really part of our literature mm. it wasn't really part of our like you know our, of our discussions and studies yeah. even outside of our sorry outside of our curriculum unless someone had someone made noise about it you know mm. mm-hmm. And like, I remember like in sixth form as well, we had this something called the International Fair when um, everyone from their different countries and ethnicities would like, um, would kind of bring bits and pieces and like you could sell, if that makes sense. So you could mm-hmm. sell like jewelry, mm. you could sell like, I don't know, whether it's like kente cloth, things like that, wherever you're from basically, mm. that people would sell. And it was like, but that's once a year, once a year, you felt like you're able to really talk about your culture and your heritage and where you're from. Mm. But like, you're there for seven years. Mm. In the yeah. seven years, that one day in sixth form, that's mm. crazy. Mm. That's cr- mm. crazy. And it's like, 
I don't know. Like upon ref- if you were to ask me what I would have like what they could do different, if I'm honest, I don't know. But mm. one thing I've learned about the education system is actually getting educators who also look like you represent you. I think that's mm. I think that's where it's it starts. Like even like this is something as in just from doing this podcast, like this point like has come up like on several occasions and I think like I think the, the, because it's been brought up like so many times and so many different people have said it like in different contexts um yeah. it's helped me to understand like the importance of it and actually get it because I think before having these sort of conversations like I never used to really deep it or like understand like the importance of like when you're young and seeing someone that actually looks like you um yeah in a particular position like it really does matter and yeah i'm only just realizing that like now the more that i'm having these sorts of conversations but i guess because growing up i did have quite a few um people that i could look up to in particular positions Mm. so like it was already given to me it wasn't something that Mm. i i missed out on if that kind of makes sense so yeah no i i I hear you man i I hear you on that one yeah yeah. and oh sorry keep going i was gonna ask you but me like how was that because obviously we went to predominantly white schools but i don't know how what that looked like for you i feel like institutions or even like we can talk about and we don't need to but i think i'm just thinking in terms of an institution failing you to be able to express who you kind of are like I know there's mm. a time and place for everything. Mm. So like if you're in the workplace now and you're doing your work, like of course it's not every minute be making jokes and laughing, but like are we there to just be robots and then make some brilliant improvements to the system of life and then go home? Like do you just want me to keep quiet? Shh. Like I was I've I've told Tendo in primary school we had to eat lunch in silence. What is that? Mm. Why am I sitting there what? in silence? Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. I used to think that was very we it was very normal we just sat there in silence if you talk you stand up because you shouldn't be talking during maybe they didn't want any children choking but I just feel like there's just such a suppression of are they afraid that they can't handle you know such characters like but yeah I it sounds like there's just this suppression of personality Mm. that's what that sounds like to me it's kind of like who you are as a person um, in order to, because let's be let's be real, discipline is difficult. You know, yeah, it's mm. very very dis, it's very difficult to um, to get right. And so I get why certain schools make certain rules in mm. order for it to be across the board. Everybody knows if you don't wear this, this and this, you're gonna get in trouble. If that makes sense, we've got code of conduct, dress codes. Mm. It's to yeah. reinforce discipline this is how it's meant to be in this sort of in this environment basically Mm. however what you then end up suppressing is people's expression of themselves so like we recently saw like there was what was the school where they basically they were protesting Mm. because they weren't allowed to wear their afros yeah yeah yeah. like was it pimlico or something like that yeah 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 like even colored hijabs yeah like they were they weren't allowed and again that's just that and but that's that's what grows from their roots and mm. it makes no sense but again there's a suppression of of personality and who you are in like because of discipline because of code and con- code of conduct and what you want the school to represent and stand for but then you have to realize that not what one size doesn't fit all when it comes to people mm.
I want to go into like your uni story because it's a mad thing. Um, obviously, <laughs> I, I, in, in our first episode, I shared like I guess my uni experience and having failed and been um, having to restart and even like at school and stuff like that. There's different yeah. failures that I've experienced, but yeah, like tell tell us about your uni experience. Like tell us about yeah. Yeah, how that went. So like I'll briefly because it actually go, it links from from sixth form onwards really because yeah. all in all like up until GCSEs I did really great my GCSEs by the way like I mm. got A stars A's I got like one B but because language is what was not was not me you know mm. oh that the um, Harry Potter books didn't work <laughs> no basically it didn't, it, didn't stay, it didn't stay in it didn't stay in basically um, I'm not very good at languages but yeah so long story short like I was so, so overconfident like because mm. I've been an overachiever my whole life mm, mm, I said sixth form I said I don't need to study I said uh, okay. I don't need to do that okay. <laughs> and then so and so I flopped my ASs and initially my aim was to do medicine mm. and I ended up doing biology wow. at university because I didn't wow. meet the grades I needed for medicine and then didn't meet the grades I needed for biomed mm. but you have to understand my mentality was because I've worked my ass off from age like seven basically mm. up until yeah. 18 I was so tired mm. yeah. I was so tired mm. like and I think something not uni, something that's correct. Like even like I don't even know how to describe it. Even like because I, I I played lacrosse at, at school. By the way, like Ooh. I'd been offered to play for county. Come I'd been on. offered to like to like they wanted me to go for national level, but I mm. said no. Like something within me, I was I was so tired mm. of trying to be the best. Mm. And so what happened when I went to uni? I was doing biology. I just it just was not connecting like I'll be going to my lectures attending but like I was just passing my exams like I yeah. just passed first year and I think I probably failed I failed a module I had to retake in the summer mm. but like I was just but because I had been this overachiever my whole life I was so tired of it mm. and so I wanted to live my best life mm. Mm. I said I want to live my best life so yeah. uni I was just enjoying so second year came again I failed a few modules I said it's light work fine um, I'll retake my exams but then I failed the retake and mm. I said well what's going on mm. so you have to understand like I'd, at that point I'd failed a few like but from like uh, uh, up until ASs I'd not really failed mm. so yeah. it was like from 17 onwards something I, I didn't understand why I was failing yeah. because I'd always done academically well so what was not going on mm. so again so I had to retake my second year I said this is long but anyway still having a good time still living my life like do my coursework here and then but not really but you have to also understand bear in mind I was also working and I was working crazy hours like almost like 40 hours some weeks mm. um while doing my studies and with sciences especially like biology wow. we had labs mm -hmm. so I would have to like also balance that and because of work sometimes I wouldn't even go to my labs it was crazy mm -hmm. so all of this is going on like at home as well mum's struggling for work so I have to contribute at home or yeah. basically share my loan at this point mm -hmm. And hence why I'm doing all this overtime. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, bear in mind, I'm doing my repeat second year. Mm -hmm. And then I fail again. I'm thinking the devil's a liar. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so you have to understand, I've come from this overachieving background mm -hmm. to just like, literally, it felt like four years of consistent failures. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was just like a consistent failure. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Mm. Like I have been academically perfect. Mm my entire childhood mm. and now i've entered into adulthood mm. you're telling me now failures at my neck mm. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. just didn't make any sense yeah and so what then happened was um i um so this is like 2016 
So um, I was in America. I was I did um, something. It's called Camp America. I did something very similar where you go mm. into America and you work at these summer camps with kids. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah. if either of you guys watched the series Beaver Falls. No. 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 I thought I thought you were well, going to say Camp Rock. No, oh. no. <laughs> basically like Camp Rock. Beaver Falls was like this UK like misfits type show, but it was basically about like like being a lifeguard. And I was a lifeguard out there basically in America, okay. yeah. working with these kids. But anyway, um, and so yeah, and so I was living my best life, and I and I just get this email saying you've been terminated from your degree i said it's not making sense mm, 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 <laughs> you know mm. when you're looking at i was looking at this email thinking no like this is the wrong person yeah like yeah. me someone who yeah. has met like who worked their ass off from a, a, a free state school in peckham mm. to go to one of the yeah. best schools in the country on a scholarship by the end of by the time i actually left my school like i was basically on a 100 percent scholarship mm. because i'd worked that wow. hard during my academics at school mm yeah my university gave me free money because of how well i did at school mm. like so i was like you i said you're lying you guys oh, are yeah. begging you guys are begging me to come here yeah. and you want to get me out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly my mom even reminded me the other day that i even like no i didn't have an unconditional offer the first time but they were like if you make us your insurer if you make us a firm like this is my own university southampton by the way we will whatever grade you get you're accepted basically mm. yeah even if you drop by two grades. My mum even reminded me, I'm like, you people who are begging me to come, mm. you want to kick me out? Mm. Mm. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I said, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, everything that I'd experienced for like the past, like I said, from seven till, till at that point I was like 21. It came flooding in of where like, like when I went to uni, I just, I broke because mm. of this performance mentality that I had mm. of I had to be the best. Mm. Mm. And because I didn't care anymore, mm. like it was showing in my academics yeah. basically. Yeah. And so long story short, like by, for me, God's grace, hello, I was able to be reinstated back into my course, but because of everything that was going on at home, I had, let's be honest, like when you, you have a meeting, what happens whenever you are kicked out or, if you know you're not performing well academically they will email you and you have a meeting right mm -hmm. and it's like and then they're like oh please feel free to send or bring any evidence guys i won't lie i had like i had paperwork what evidence <laughs> had, is in what what sort of evidence of of kind of like um what do you call it you know when it's like you i forgot what the, the english word is my brain has just gone fried but basically to almost like to like fight your case to or? battle to fight your case yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay there's 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 an actual you know, like extenuating circumstances that's the word that yeah, I'm looking yeah. for. yeah 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 so i had severe extenuating circumstances like a family member had passed away like the year before mm. there was a lot of things that had been happening so i had a lot of extenuating circumstances mm. but because of also how I, I was coping during uni i wasn't asking anyone for help mm. even like my mom didn't know the extent of my struggles as well mm. my friends yeah. didn't know the extent of my struggles like no one really knew what was really going on with me mm. and then had a meeting and i felt like in my head the meeting went awful because they'll probably like asking me like oh on this day on this day I, we see this on the evidence that so and so passed away how did that make you feel why did you not go get any counseling mm. you know you say like your doctor said you had depression but mm. you didn't like it was peak and mm. and i was just there like looking at them like yeah i just i don't know mm. yeah yeah i don't like i just i didn't have anything to say really to almost mm. like fight my case and in that meeting i thought this is this was the perfect opportunity to do oscar award-winning crying you know like tears <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah i was in my head like i was i'm gonna come with the waterworks you mm. know plead whatever i had nothing i just sat there just like yeah just nodding just like i don't know yeah yeah. like 
And after the meeting, I, I, I called my mum and I cried. I said, listen, I'm sorry, love. Mm. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> if, if I get kicked out of uni, what can we do? Like, there's nothing we can do. And so, but they enabled me to basically retake the exams that I'd failed. But I asked to take them from London, from back home. Okay. And even when I retook my exams, I actually, again, failed one of the modules. I really took five exams and I failed one by 1%. And also, by the way, like my, when I failed my um, exams, by the way, as well, it was by the smallest margin every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. what made it really frustrating. Mm. And so, but then they still allowed me back on my course and I completed it. Come on. And I got Ooh. a 2-1 overall, Congrats. a first in my dissertation. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. No, that's crazy. Sick. But I would wow. say, like, my biggest reflection point was during my year out that I had to deep that I had been an overachiever my whole life, mm-hmm. but it's not, you can't, it's not maintainable. It's, you can't maintain that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't maintain that performance mentality your whole life. Something inside you will break. And for me, that's what happened at uni. Mm. Like I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't pretend to be the perfect child or the perfect student mm. or the perfect friend. Like I just wanted to be myself. Like yeah. I try not to cry. But I just I just wanted to be myself. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wanted to to feel free from all the pressures mm. that I'd had yeah. on me my whole childhood mm. and adolescence life. Mm. And I think that's part of the reasons why I wasn't performing academically mm. was that I just wanted to be me. Mm. Yeah. And I couldn't. In all those years there was so much that I had to B, there's so much I represented. There were so many people rooting for me, mm. you know, that mm. you, feel, yes. you I felt like I had to perform. I mm. had to come correct. Mm. But in my, during my, in my early 20s and my late teen years, I just, I, just, I had enough. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just had enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. I think like, it's, it's definitely like a lot of weight that you were carrying. And yeah, like when, at the point, like when you found out your course had been terminated and and you'd been kicked out essentially like with this you keep talking about like how you kind of identified yourself as this overachiever Mm. what what did that email do to that identity Mm. it completely shattered it because i said if i don't complete this degree who am i and what do i do Mm. because we are please understand that from age like one we are told that we must complete every single education level right you go yeah. from nursery mm. to primary school true, true, primary true. school to secondary school yeah. secondary school to university mm. and it's like if i don't complete the university thing i've i failed mm. like yeah. i've not done what i'm meant to do mm. you know we're told we can leave school at 16 but can we really mm-hmm. mm. No one, no one shows what it looks like. Yeah, everyone shows and you what uni's what what secondary school looks like, what uni looks like, yeah. what work life looks like after uni. But no one, no yeah. one shows. Yeah, it's true. If you leave at sixteen, like the reasons we got told, you leave you're at sixteen, serious. especially come from ends, it's like you're pregnant. Mm. Yes. Let's be honest, it's like you're pregnant. You got kicked out for your bad behavior. Yeah. Or because you became some famous artist or football player. <laughs> mm. Like, no, it's it's true. Like, those are the only yeah. reasons why I could see you left school at 16. Mm. Yeah. Nobody could, like, at that point, nobody could tell me otherwise. Mm. What do you want to do? Yeah. You want to be doing an apprentice. Oh, it's okay. Apprentice or ship hey. or whatever. <laughs> but it's because, but let's be honest, people, but it's because you weren't smart. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, 
the reason why people, that's what we got told. Mm. So like the reasons why you, you leave school early or you don't go to uni. Yeah. It's because you're not like, you, less truth be, truth be told, it was drilled into, like I can't be for, to all people, but for me, you didn't go to universities because you weren't smart enough to go. Mm. Or or because again, you had or you had a particular career that just shot off. Yeah. 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 But I even think it was like, one of the two. Yeah, I even think though it's definitely instilled in us a kind of fear, obviously, that if we're not on this path, then we yeah. we where else are we gonna make it? Like how yeah. else are we gonna make it? Like I guess that's why most people's parents push so much because it's like if you have a brilliant education, you can do anything. Mm. Um, and without that, like what can you do? And I guess there are there are definitely people who have shown us like, okay, there are other routes, but I think because the majority, you know, the majority, would I say the majority? But yeah, I guess the majority of people around us um, yeah. reach higher education. It's like, okay, this is the way. And like, that's really how other institutions, when you get to the workplace are built anyway, it's more like they expect you to have this degree. So I guess from young it's like that's where we're going mm. and that's mm. yeah yeah and, I, yeah. I, I, and as, as well like when it comes to i think higher education one thing as well that i also would hear from my you know my community and many teachers was like no one can take your degree away from you which is true mm. but how many of us know people who have got the best degrees the best qualifications and are still unemployed mm. yeah mm -hmm having a degree doesn't guarantee a job it might help yeah. with your chances but it doesn't guarantee it and i think that's where you could say the breakdown post uni happens mm. where i i've seen so many of my friends and myself included like where that narrative of you having a degree for like you're set for life you're not mm. yeah because the competition is hard and it's high out there mm. you know the unemployment rate in millennials is is, is crazy high mm. as well. We've been up in a in a blooming pandemic, Panasonic, whatever you want to call a, it. In a PowerPoint. <laughs> in a PowerPoint. <laughs> so the unemployment rate right now is sky high, and it's yeah. the thing of where people were told that like your degree is just like safety net, this blanket that will protect you all the days of your life, but it won't. It doesn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good starting point. It's a very good foundation, but it's not the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. And that's something that majority of us learn after we graduated. Yeah, for real, for real. And so, like with the jazz, let's say the jazz, like pre degree termination, where she was this overachiever, and then you've obviously um, gone through um, this situation. Like, mm. what? Who did you become after that? Wow. I became a person who... Oh, man, you know what? Yeah, sorry, before you answer that, I just realised I said jazz. Sheree, I, yeah, jazz. I was going to say. <laughs> same name. Same. Same you can just put, you know, you know, like, when, they, when, when you put um, in the, in the, in the, the what do you call it, in the notes, Sheree Jazz. Just put Sheree Jazz. They know. Come, come. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who did you become? Who did you become? You became jazz. <laughs> yeah, I became jazz. That's who I became. That's who I became. No, go on, um, go on. I became someone who was content in their identity and mm. knew that character and integrity is the most important thing that you could ever have as a person. Yeah. 
being content in who you are, but being consistent in who you are, no matter where you are. That's who I became. Um, because I think up until that point, because I was this overachiever and performer, I was trying to be what everyone wanted me to be. Yeah. Um, at that point, you know, trying to be like the best student, the best friend, the best yeah. daughter, you know, the best example. But it's difficult to be those to be those people because what people want from each of that person is different, you know? Yeah. True. Um, and so it was really a stripping back of my identity and who I was in that journey. Mm. Especially mm. In that, that, that year out, oof, that was really a big, big, big stripping back of who I was. Mm. Yeah. And, and understanding my, it sounds weird, but understanding like that innate, like nature of who I actually am. And it almost goes back to that first quote you gave us for me of kind of like animals having more peace than humans. I had to mm. find my peace. Mm. Yeah. I had to find my peace. Yeah. In who I was. And I couldn't be that person who people wanted me to be anymore. I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't. And I had to almost let that, I had to not almost, I let that person die basically. Mm. I had to bury that person and mm. say all the best love. You did, you did what you needed to do. Mm. But. You got me here. Yeah, but this is who who Shireen is now. Mm. Yeah, you're either with it or you like make new friends, mm. <laughs> basically, yeah. with somebody else. Mm. Um, and it was tough because it, it did it impacted all of my relationships. I'll be mm. honest, even like my own relationship with my mom, my like, my parents, like it mm. really, really did. Mm. Because my mom, like, it sounds so funny, but my mom really got to know me. <laughs> For okay. the first time, yeah, she got to mm. really see who I was, and mm. she didn't like yeah. it one bit mm. it was really difficult for her yeah. it was really difficult for her as in what what made it what do you think made it difficult for her because it was like everything that she had sacrificed up until that moment almost felt like it amounted to nothing oh, okay I because see. the reality yeah. of who i was yeah was not who was not who she thought i was yeah wasn't yeah. The, the the girl that's on top of everything yeah yeah and so yeah. yeah it was me really just being proud of also who i was despite all of those failures over the years mm -hmm. yeah i've made it that far yeah and so like with all of that and you coming to this realization and, and being proud of who you are and being content with yourself how did that then reshape i guess your aspirations like once let's call them career aspirations, career life aspirations. Like how did, did, did they change if they did how? If my heart's not in it, I, I can't do it. Mm. And I really had to really like ask myself the question of like, with, especially with uni, that like, is my heart really in it? Am I going to do it? Mm. Mm. Like, I was like, do I have to do it? Mm. Who yeah. am I proving myself to? What mm. am I proving, mm. you know? And then, so then me completing my degree became the thing of it was bigger than me, if that makes sense. Okay. Of it's mm. not a story of kind of like um, someone who just can perform really well. It was a kind of like, you can do anything you put your mind to. If yeah. me yeah. who was kicked out from uni can complete it, mm. then anybody else can 
can achieve and do anything mm. it was more to inspire other young people because at that at that mm. point I, I realized I like working with young people mm. yeah. and so it was a thing of where like it was more to help motivate them and inspire them mm-hmm. that despite the odds of like institutional failure you can actually beat the system mm. yeah. <laughs> so to yes. speak yeah yes. if you play the yes. game right you can mm. beat the system yeah. So yeah, but like with, with other things as well. So when it then came to like, again, graduating, looking for work sort of thing, I got a really good job, really well-paying job um, within the finance sector. But I was in like the, in particularly like the events department of that finance sector. Mm-hmm. A very mm-hmm. good money. It was like a really cool job. Like as in they'll fly us to places. Like, oh, I was meant to be flying to like Sweden, like that, like mm-hmm. a month, like into my role. But mm-hmm. I, I just was so unhappy. Mm. yeah i was so like it robbed me of my peace and my joy i said i yeah. can't be here i can't be here and i literally and i quit wow and again my mum and my friends were like wait out just wait out like yeah. this a year like get your money together mm. like it's not that like no it's just like you know and because it was it was great like the salary was crazy as well mm. like i remember my first my mother well, like my first paycheck i was able to clear a lot of my mom's debts Wow. wow yeah it was good money it was mm. good yeah. money mm. in one paycheck i was able to clear a lot of her debts mm. but i was just unhappy and i said I, I can't be in a place where that robs me of my peace and my joy i can't do it mm. Mm. so that was that's the person i became if i yeah. see like this like i call them those indicators of of unhappiness of mm. just dissatisfaction because yeah. i think there's there's a difference i think between when you know it's like it's just a moment if mm. that makes sense because we all have those moments yeah or if you feel like the very thing itself is what is destroying your soul mm. and it's compromising who you are i feel like we have to have to have um moments if that makes sense of you need to be able yeah. to distinguish between the two when yeah. something's moment it's just like you're just having a bad day mm. and this is causing you to it's impacting your whole life yeah mm. they're very two distinct things yeah no that really leads really nicely onto my last question um because yeah i guess throughout life like whether we're in something that we enjoy or whether it's we're in just somewhere where we don't really feel like we're cool to be let's say um or that suits us like we can find ourselves in really murky and difficult like just just hard times um and as you've just said like sometimes okay we're just having a bad day um but even if not like say whether you're in university or just trying to complete a degree or you're even just trying to get a job um but yeah you just don't feel like you're succeeding um how would you advise that person like what what encouragement would you give someone who just doesn't even know where they can succeed, where they can find somewhere that will bring them peace? Oh, yeah. Because um, one thing I think I forgot to mention earlier is that the the amazing thing that my mom did from very young, by the way, it was that she allowed me to do everything and anything. Mm. So I was really, I was unable to know what my skill set was, right? Mm. And the problem is a lot of people actually don't know where that, what their skill set is. Yeah. yeah. They don't actually know what they're good at, what they're not good at. Mm. They know what other people have told them that they're good at. Yeah. And what they're not good at. And sometimes it starts with you 
actually finding out what is your skill set. Go on a journey, discover it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like write it down, make a list, do a, a, a what do you call it? Like a, a little chart, whatever you want to call them, you know? A brainstorm yeah. um, of what are, you, what are you good at? Um, and I think, and I think start from there because I think it's so, it's so difficult when you enter into adulthood because that's when you, you start to realize as well that like you won't always enjoy what you have to do because mm. of the pressures of life, the bills that need to be paid. Mm. Um, there are people like, I don't know, like everyone's household situation. Some people are, are literally at the heads of their households and they've not even turned 20 yet. Mm. And they're the, they're the, the breadwinners of their family mm. you know however what i would say to people no matter what your situation and circumstance is is that you need to have a good grasp of what you're capable of because once you know what you're capable of when people try to make you do things that you, you think are out of your remit you can comfortably mm. say no yeah but also yeah. I also say like in opposing to that also and not opposing but more also do, don't sell yourself short as well because for me many people have take, would have taken my failure as that's the end of uni for me yeah. and many people have mm. you know have they, they failed something and they put the pen down and like, that's yeah. it mm. but you have to have bounce back ability yeah. You have mm. to be able to get back up again. Mm. Yes. You yeah. have to. But again, that takes time to develop that bounce back ability mm. of yeah. once you're knocked down, that ability to rise back up again. Mm. Yeah. It takes time. I think like I have a high level of endurance when it comes to failure now mm. that I don't think any, not many people can, can really compete if I'm being honest. Yeah. And it's not mm. even me being prideful but it's because I've overcome some of the worst of the worst situations mm. and I'm still standing. Mm. Yeah. Do you get? Yeah. And so yeah. it's a thing of where like you have, but you have to build that endurance within yourself. Mm. Yeah. And there are many ways to build endurance, but some of the best ways is actually going through stuff. Yeah. 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 But yes, I would say it's kind of like build your endurance, build your stamina to be able to not only just be okay but to defeat failure once it knocks on your door and beat it basically yeah and also just knowing what your skill set is knowing what areas that you really can do well and even if it's something like you might not be able to logistically go into so to speak Mm. because Mm. you have different circumstances you might not have the finances Mm. you might not have the support that you need Mm. but that dream should never die yeah you know because it's your life at the end of the day yeah yeah no i think that's that's really great advice to kind of finish on i know for me like when it's it's very easy especially like when you're young it's very easy to just have a very small um minded view and a very micro view on like our particular situation whatever it may be like i remember when i failed my as's i was 17 i'd never experienced anything like that before so yeah. like I remember, I, like I started like I, as soon as I got my results and I saw my parents, like I just started crying because I felt like I'd let them down. I felt like 
I don't know. Like, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'd almost go as far as saying I feel like the next image I saw was myself being like a bin man or something like that. Because like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought that like yeah, this not, was so on, important and like yeah. this like was the only thing that could determine my yeah. worth in life and mm. and how and how well I do in life. Um, but with everything you're saying about like trying out different things and being just like having grit and yeah, enduring. Like mm. there's a, there really is a lot that we can overcome. And even like as believers as well, all of us here, it's like, with God, anything is possible. So this yeah. is it. like, yeah, like we can't, just because we've experienced failure in an institutional setting, whatever that be, maybe it's, it's school or work. Um, yeah, man, like our, our merit of life success isn't solely dependent on that and how we perform there. And as long as we yes. just keep pushing and enduring, then yeah, man. There's what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? There's is it joy on the other side? There's there's gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. There's there's, that, there's that's there literally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One door closes, so overcome. another door and opens. I, I think honestly, they use a keyword that grit is. I, I, I this is me speaking very candidly. It's something that I believe our generation lacks. Mm. Um, people are are so quick mm. to leave things or give up, mm. and it's a, and it's a shame. If I'm being very honest, it's such mm. a shame. Mm. because if you just if you just held on a few more moments mm. you would have actually been okay yeah yeah you yeah. actually would have been okay mm. and so i think it's that's something i think people need to be better at is 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 really is enduring is is holding on that little bit longer mm. no matter how difficult the situation is sometimes yeah um yeah. i feel like there's obviously there's circumstances where it, it might not be healthy or, or wise mm. but i feel like just in general mm. i think like people need to work on that mm. on that stamina really yeah yeah man yes. joy definitely comes in the morning and i think that's something yes. that we can all hold on to and yeah let ourselves keep going um, so I guess before we finish, there's one last feature that we have here. Mm-hmm. It's called loss or lesson. And okay. L squared. L squared. Is that L is that squared. a new one? Is that a... no? Okay, cool, cool. So but what do you call it? I was just checking because my mum was there calling me. Oh, is it? <laughs> and she imagine that, but she just like she just messaged me being like, oh, like what yogurt do you want? I said, listen, <laughs> listen. Sure. Even my my, my <laughs> own mum called me as well. Thankfully, mm. it's on do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah, but loss or lesson, yeah. So um, yeah. basically, we get our guests to describe a. We initially started off with an L that they took during the week, but I think let's 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 change it so it's an L that you've taken in life, and the lesson mm. you learned from it. I feel like I've taken so many L's. Oh my god. That's really in life is a big one. Okay, well, it, recently, as in like, it, it, it doesn't even need to be that deep. As in like, it can literally be like the smallest of thing. But yeah, like an L you yeah, took. I'm always the lesson behind the it. An L. Okay, so this is an L many of us take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the train station, mm-hmm. and my train was cancelled. But I didn't check the the, the app, uh, <laughs> and that was such oh because I could have saved so much time in, in terms of like my travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had just not checked the app, mm-hmm. if I did, if I if I just checked the app, and I think the lesson I got from that is that you're not you're not as smart as you think you are. Mm. Like 
it's actually okay just to take time. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're actually preventative measures you can put in place. <laughs> that and and because I, I literally lost half an hour on my journey. Mm. It took me that day took me like an hour and forty five minutes to go home. It takes yeah. thirty minutes oh, from where I was coming no. from. By the way, yeah. Yeah. But only but all because I didn't check the app. Mm. No, I hear that there's certain you train know? stations as well. Like yeah, you know, on certain days the the trains are moving bookie. Like, they're moving a bit bookie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. But it's, it's just I should have just checked. It's mm. like. But it's just again about having those preventative measures in place and just using wisdom to check the app. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Always check the it's app. Like, it's like, but I always know, guys, I'm that person. You don't even like weather. Guys, mm. I didn't I don't know it's I don't know it's gonna rain because I don't check the weather app. So oh, I go outside. No, every mm. day. Yeah. Like I go outside and then it's raining. I'm like, what's going oh, on? Man. I didn't know it was gonna rain and then ever be like, Do you not check the weather app? And I'm like, oh Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. that's like brushing your teeth. I have to check the weather app. That's a consistent. The, the weather is a consistent L for me. I won't lie to you. No, I, I, just I can't don't check the weather app. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, don't check the weather app. Like I'll just. I'll just no. firm whatever. No. no, 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 no. That's. I always have an umbrella and I always have a hood. Mm. <laughs> so and no, okay. pretty. Like, especially like. Especially in the summer, I always have sunglasses on me as well, mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. But umbrella because it might just randomly start raining. Yeah, so you, no, you yeah, never yeah, know, yeah, man. You know. Yeah. So that episode really just taught me the importance of not letting the opinions of others determine my self-worth. Yeah, as Gregory Maguire said, if you aren't a shark or a lion, don't pretend to be one. Just stay in your lane. He didn't quite say that, but you can follow us on social media at Rooted and Established underscore for more of our content. Yeah.